Are you a small business owner taking huge leaps? Welcome to the Fresh Take Podcast, where fresh perspectives on entrepreneurship inspire new ideas, provide support, and harness the power of the small biz community. With your hosts, Lisa Greer and Stacy Casmir. Hello, Stacy Casmir. Hi, Lisa Greer. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm back in my closet. So for those of you that have been listening, uh, I probably sound back to normal. So thank you for sticking with us through the echoey, the Stacy echo years, the Stacy echo. <laughs> you were traveling in closets that had no clothes. There was lack of acoustic. <laughs> so go ahead. Now, I was just asking, how have you been? I've been doing well. I've been enjoying my summer. And I've also been thinking a lot about my business. And feeling tired in my business. Maybe that's summer. Maybe it's everybody. But I just feel, I don't feel excited every morning when I wake up to get to work. How do you feel? And how do you handle that if you feel that way? Well, if you can't see me now, which you can't, those of you who are listening, hopefully you can hear the lovely smile plastered on my face. (laughs) I have to fake it till I make it right now. (laughs) And that's why I have this smile on my face. I remember... Oh, I remember when I was in radio, they used to tell me, you have to deliver the copy with a smile because people can hear your smile. You had to just fake it till you make it. I don't know that I love the saying, fake it till you make it, but I have had to do that a lot in my life. And I feel like right now, I'm that's my motto right now, fake it till you make it. It's been a hard year. It's been a really mm-hmm. tough junior year for Lisa Greer. Um, this is my... You know, I'm on two and a half marker right now. And this year, I felt like everything has just kind of went sideways. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell if it's just my schedule. I can't tell. You know, right now, of course, the kids are out of school. My son's gra- – like, there's a lot of life changes happening to you. Like, my son graduated, and he's going on to college. And that has something to do with it maybe a little bit, but not really. There is a little bit of added stress in terms of, like – you know, getting him a car, getting him, you know, acclimated to new jobs and things like that. But I don't know. I wake up in the morning and it used to be I had a fire in my belly for what I was going to work on. And now all I want to do, I have a fire in my belly for my projects. Like there's things I want to work on that have been on the shelf. I feel like forever. Mm -hmm. In fact, there is one that literally has been on the shelf since last April of 2015. And I'm thinking, when are you ever going to be able to wake up and work on your stuff? So lots of people, of course, will give me the advice, you know, lots of business coaches and, well, just do it now. You've got to make the white space. You've got to just make place, the time in your schedule to do it. Just force yourself to do it and weave it in here and there. Well, I'm sorry. When I'm working all day on client work, I'm done. Like, I'm yep. tapped out. I'm tired. And I, or then it's like, then you squander your self-care. So then you get that speech, right, from all the health coaches. Well, you have to... Put your self-care first. And, okay, I'm sorry. I don't know what days these people live in. Do they, do they literally use every bit of the 24-hour cycle? Or are there an extra 10 hours somewhere that no one's told me about? Some kind of, you know, private That's door. what it begins <laughs> to feel like is self-care, self-care, self-care. And also, like, I'm not going to sit in a bath after sitting in Like, that's just not appealing to me. Um, and where are they getting their time? 
And then where are they getting their resources? Like, I have to work to make money. No one's going to deliver me a self-care package at the end of the week with X amount of money and X amount of time in it. And that's super frustrating. Obviously, you can see as I jumped on that, that's one of my pet peeves. I cannot handle when the self-care train, the self-care coaches come on down and it's do this and do this. And it's, that's great. But I feel that that is the... Instagram filtered, social media filtered answer that we see on social media that you're inundated with with email newsletters. In fact, just before this, we started recording, I, every morning I go through and I unsubscribe. I use unroll.me. It's unroll.me or I think we've talked about this before, but the amount of email that I get telling me how to correctly run my business and live in self care is, for lack of a better term, it's choking. It's like, Oh, I can't handle it. And it's made me not like what I do. Not just that, but it's made me just, I'm over it. Aren't you over it? I'm really over it. It's funny because we're in this digital space. So you can't even really like do the, like they'll say, well, just turn everything off and just tune it out. And I think it's just also my personality. I have a hard time. Maybe I just can't tune it out. I don't know. I've been really trying to exercise as well the, um, this has really been tough for me. The Pomodoro techniques that they talk about where you're like supposed to focus in for one hour on one thing. Mm. Oh man. I've noticed I have a lot of bad habits that in my old job were awesome assets to have, but in the digital space, bad to have. And that is where I do a little bit here, do a little bit there. Like I could do, you know, multitasking in like a regular space when I say regular, but in like a non-digital space is great. Like if you can multitask in those spaces and especially like I'm thinking if you can picture, you know, you're at an event and you're, you know, you're, you're keeping everybody going. That's when it works out well. But when you're on a digital space and you're supposed to be working on something, and then your mind kind of wanders or whatever. Oh, you click over here, click over there. Like it is. It's just it's a, it's a habit now that I'm having to try to undo mm-hmm. because there's these interjected breaks all the time happening. And then the flip side to that is if I'm working on like a design, like let's say I'm working on a website or something, hours can pass. Literally hours can pass. And I've realized I have sat and worked on this. For four hours, I've not gotten up to drink anything. I've not gotten up to yeah. eat anything. Yeah. Like I, and, I'm, and I'm calling it out right now because this is what I'm facing, right? And then the next thing you know, the email thing, let's not even get started there. I'm trying to also instill those habits of don't, you know, check your email twice a day versus all the time during the day because then it pulls you and distracts you. And But it's hard. What do you, what do, you do when your role on some of these, you know, your task, your role is project management. You can't just pull out all together. What if somebody's waiting on you? So this has been a really tough thing, as you can tell, like my voice was getting high and shrilly <laughs> because when you talked about the choking, yeah, that's exactly what it feels like is this choking. Right now, too, like I had been working a certain way, you know, the first couple of years of my business, and I'm trying to make those transitions of you know migrating over um, so that I can be a little bit more in control of my schedule and not my schedule being in control of me. Mm-hmm. And I have, I mean, Stacey, there's been probably three pages in my notebook right now, different times. One was done in January. One was done in, I noticed in April, and then I just did it again in June, where I had sat down, charted out my calendar, tried to interject what the gurus tell you, put some self-care here, put some breaks there. 
Try to migrate that on your Google Calendar. Give yourself, you know, those little notifications that pop up. Yeah, well, what happens when you've got kids that throw that whole thing out of whack? And, you know, or... Not only kids, but what happen. happens when it's just you? When it's just you, you have to run with it. I used yeah. to work for a um, an interior design firm, and the, the owner of the firm used to say, we're like actresses. We need to work when the work is there. And it, I... <laughs> it just looked like roll my eyes. It was so dramatic. But it's very true of right now, you take as much work as you can, and you just get it done, and you don't know when it's going to end. You don't know how long it's going to last. So I think it's true for a creative entrepreneur, that mindset, even though you can roll your eyes, too, because I still do. I think that's crazy. But they don't tell you when you're planning your calendars, those self-help gurus, they don't say well, you need to do this, and you need to do this, and you need to do this, and you, if you should be following this schedule if you're making X amount of money. Because if you're making three figures, if you're pulling in a couple hundred bucks a month, you have to just take whatever you can get to support yourself if this is your one and only job. So that's where the frustration comes in for me, and that's where I'm glorifying transition in my mind. Maybe not glorifying, but I'm thinking the next step, what's the next, what's next? I'm like, worst case scenario, how much longer can I sustain this work-life balance or lack thereof? And then and then what happens? And what skills have I accumulated that I did not accumulate or develop in my old school corporate nine-to-five job? That's, that's, a hard, that's a hard like thing to think on. So if I were to ask you the question right now, do you love your work? What would be your answer? Be truthful. I love my work when I'm working with certain clients. Like, I have a sweet spot with certain clients and on certain projects. Do I love every project that I write on? No. Do I love every client that I write for? No. Or every, um, not even client, but like business consultant slash colleague slash peer slash you find who drains you, even as a colleague, even if they're not working on your business at all. Like if you're in, if you're in a group together or if you've um, worked with them in the past and you see them pop up on social media, it can be very just, I'm going to say toxic, right? Like I can see Lisa and she's shaking her head. Yes. Like it can be very toxic <laughs> and like you're constantly, well, I know where she was when we were in that group together or I know where he was when we were at that seminar and it's just, like, come on, I just want a break. And I was talking to a business coach about this once that knew um, my situation, and I was speaking about a colleague, and I was frustrated. And the business coach was like, well, she just has more high-end clients than you do. And that felt so gross. Then, cause, because you're thinking, do I not, am I not worth the high-end clients? But if my output is so great, then I should be getting high-end clients, which then begs the question that, is it luck? Is all of this luck, and it's if you get the big bankroll clients, your business is fantastic, and you're on the you know fresh take behind the scenes podcast, and everything is fantastic. <laughs> or is it? Well, I didn't get the high end caviar clients, therefore my business is sort of. Hmm. I think that the advice, the fake it till you make it advice, right? That we. I'm reverting back to here for just yep. a hot second. I think that when things are not going great and you're supposed to fake it till you make it, there's one side that is portraying one thing that doesn't seem honest. 
But I see that the other side is, well, you have to like try to just, again, when you don't feel like it, you got to push through that and get to where you need to go. That's part of another part of fake until you make it right. Like, but in the digital space, Pinterest and Instagram world, especially things are supposed to look a certain way. Yeah. This can't go out unless it's perfect. And there's just this drive of perfection. And I would love, you know, sometimes you, you do get these wonderful sound bites. They're the best interviews where you have people being a little bit more truthful about what their behind the scenes looks like. And then you feel literally like you can really, really relate to them more so than you ever could before. It's part of the reason we wanted to have this podcast, right, is because we wanted to have just real conversations. It wasn't so that it could just be episode after episode where we're just complaining about things. But I do want to portray that this is a reality. There is going to be days when you're going to wake up, and the last thing you're going to want to do is turn on your computer. What do you do when that's your job? And then let's take it a step further, right? So you and I right now have both been experiencing this, just frustration with our work. We still... If, you, if we stop and ask the question, are there things in particular we like about, you know, what do we like to do? Maybe focus on those things on the day that, because that's what someone else would tell you, right? Yeah. That's the coaching yep. part. Yep. Well, do yep. the things, on the days that you feel like that, do the things that really light you up. Well, sometimes I can't even find that. I'm yes. so drained. I'm so, so drained. And my head is so filled with everything. Because here's the thing. It's one thing to not enjoy my work. But at the end of the day, there is nothing. There is no safety net. There is no backup. There is yep. nothing yep. there. Inst- and I have also two obligations right. to my kids, right? right. So, so you talk about, well, just let it go. And on those days, don't do anything. Are you kidding me? How am I supposed to do that? Because I the lights are going to be kept on in those days. And the yep. food isn't going to be stocked in the fridge on those days. And I think that's very realistic. And I want to go back to what you said about we created this podcast because it's a real behind the scenes. Yeah, no one's talking about that. Everybody can tell you how to get to your five figures and how to and why you should start a business and how great entrepreneurship is and which seminars to go to. That makes me feel exhausted. And I this week is my billing week, which I dread. I dread it every time <laughs> it happens. But billing, I have to do it. And when you say there's no safety net, I agree with you. We've talked about how I pivoted. I made a pivot in my business. And I started working with different clients. When I did that, I lost my business safety net. Therefore, it's billing at the end of the month to pay for that next month's bill, you know, needs, necessities, bills, electricity, gas for my car. And that's the reality of it is I'm working to live. I'm not living to work. Living to work. Exactly. Oh, so true. So true. So what do we do when that happens? So Okay, so we we've, we've now landed in this in this situation. We wake up in the mornings and we just don't have that fire. What do you do on those days when the fire is gone and you just want to cry and curl up in a ball with Netflix and just pull the shade on the day like that's it? What do you do in those instances? How do you get yourself out? Um, so today for me is one of those days. I have deadlines and but I also have errands that are necessities that I run. So I'm bribing my, my carrot on the stick is the errands, which I will go in the middle of the day and do that and then come back and sort of be refueled. I've also been, um, we've talked about, I go to yoga. So hitting a yoga class, maybe during the day when I, in my mind, should be working and then coming back and just getting fueled by interacting with those people and working. 
gotta pause. I gotta say something right here. This reminds me of a conversation I had with my sister just yesterday. Because here I was thinking too, what do we do about these transitions? How do we deal with these days? She is has just moved from a beautiful home into a fixer-upper. Mm-hmm. Okay. And when I say fixer-upper, my, it was my grandparents' house. My grandfather was a hoarder. Oh. Not going to lie. A very organized hoarder, but a hoarder. Like, he literally built buildings to put crap in. Okay. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. He had, I had this, he had a 1967 TV te- television studio set up in this one whole building Complete with monitors from back in the day. Nothing works. But everything was set up, right? We used to love going to his house because you could literally go exploring in all this junk. It was like a museum. It was like, right? Yeah. Like, okay. Absolutely. So 10 construction containers later to haul out all this junk. She's left with this house that's valued at literally zero dollars. Okay. Oh. Nothing. It doesn't, there's no value on this house. Not only is there no value on this house, it's a hazard. Like she couldn't even get it. Like she has a hard time getting insurance on it. So everything's been getting worked out, but you have to understand with a mindset here, right? So you're going from this beautiful home to this fixer upper home. And if you're asking the question why, it happens to sit on 167 acres of land. And it's the land and the property and this, all this space and the kids mm-hmm. get to go outside and have horses and it's that life that she wants for them, right? Well, it's right? also sentimental in some way, right? Absolutely. But here's the thing. I told her, right now it's going to be crap. It is. It's going to be crap. You're not going to have the pretty house right out the gate that you had. You're going to have to take this in phases. And let's chart out and plot out the phases until we get to where we need to go with this house. It's the same type of thing I find, anyways, for me. This is what I've been doing with myself when we're in these transitions. But when I was talking to her yesterday, she was feeling overwhelmed. You know, she's just overwhelmed with everything that has to get done and all this jazz. And, you know, they have to lift the house and do a bunch of stuff. I said to her, and and so she's also having to consider changing her schedule around with her kids homeschooling because now she has to travel so much further to work and all of these things are hitting her and she's a very a very structured person so she needs things to be like boom boom boom. And I said to her, you know, I said, Corinne, the way the reason why you homeschool is because you wanted a non traditional way of educating your child. And yet you're taking the traditional elements of school into your homeschooling. Mm -hmm. We Mm -hmm. as entrepreneurs do this all the time. We take our corporate thinking, well, it's eight to five or no, nine to five, and I should be working right now. And wait a second. No, the reason we started our own businesses is because we wanted to do things our way, right? So just because Joe Blow in corporate does it a certain way. That's the way he decided to run his company, and that's the way he decided. And I realize that the bulk of the world runs this way. But the whole point of entrepreneurship is that we can do things our way. And who's to say that our way can't be non-traditional? Mm-hmm. So when you, and, but it's hard. Our mentality is they should be available right now. It's 12 o'clock. Why aren't they on the phone? Why aren't they calling? Why aren't they emailing? Why aren't they doing this or that? Uh, hello, if I want to catch a yoga class in the middle of the day, which I don't, but I should. Um, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, so, but I know what you're thinking because there's times when I've tried to do the errands in the middle of the day or I've tried to, and I get just plagued with this guilt that I should be working and strapped at my computer. Who says we're supposed to do that? And I re- and this is just a really hard thing because it goes in both cycles. I think as entrepreneurs, we have a hard time dealing with these days and doing the things that would be non-traditional ourselves. Yep. And we also 
send it out that way too. In other words, when we're trying to reach people and they're not hop to hop to, we're thinking, well, what are they doing? Are they out of the class? Like, how come they're not answering my stuff? Right. I, I feel like we need to be gentler to ourselves and we need to understand that we are entrepreneurs. Darn it. And we are nonconformists and we are non-traditionalists. And if we want to run our business this way, that's how it needs to be. We just have to feel comfortable doing that. And then the second part of that would be to make sure that you tell people about that, that that's how you run things, right? Yeah, but then you become a tricky territory in how do you say, so I really want this contract and I'd love to work with you. But I hit yoga Wednesdays af- Wednesday afternoons at 2 o'clock, and I sometimes for inspiration just to break out of the box, I might be unavailable between 10 and 2 on a Monday afternoon. Like, you can't so, – can you say that, or do you just build it into your time? And, I mean, you're still available morning and afternoon, right, or just first thing and last thing, but – well, this is the thing. I've been trying to figure this out because this is part of this transitioning, and we can get more into that on our next episode about how to make these transitions. Circling back to what do we do on the days when we wake up and we don't love our business, my person to watch is Simon Sinek. To me, the guy can say anything, and <laughs> it's inspirational. There's been times when I've had to narrow it down and just kind of like watch one of his videos, but he did one recently with Marie Forleo. It wasn't the start with why. It was the Leaders Eat Last book mm-hmm. and he was using some examples of that and again a guy in that book that book is amazing by the way he talks about a guy named Bob Chapman who you know went into a company and did things differently nonconformist and again I'm not going to go into big details you can watch the video we'll put the the link in the show notes totally worth watching because he's explaining about how this person just decided I'm not going to do things the traditional way mm-hmm. I'm going to break that mold and it ended up being better for the company. It ended up making the people happier. Everybody was just a lot more, like the choke that you were talking about, it yeah. got released, you know? And everybody felt like there was a value and they loved their work again. When work feels like work, it's because we're making it feel like work. That's a very good point. So on the days when I feel like I'm not loving my job, I'm not loving my work, and I still have deadlines and I still have all this stuff, I take a moment And sometimes it's an hour, sometimes it's two. It's going to be a late day, I tell myself, and that's okay. And I just try to remember, relax. It's like, I think the anxiety gets built up. At least for me, it does. You know, when you're talking about the choke, it starts to build and build and build. Yeah. (laughs) Right? So I stop everything, and I find something in my business that brings me, that I want to work on, even if it's just for an hour. And typically doing something for myself in that way that I know is leading me towards a long-term goal that brings me enough mojo in, enough juice in, enough like I can do this in that I can finish out the rest of my day. Because right now I have no choice. There's no other options here. And I don't, you know, I, at the end of the day, if I ask myself, do I really want to go back to corporate America? No, the answer is no, I don't. If I really start to think about it, having to answer to people that just dismiss me all the time, granted, yeah, there's a very, you know, there are companies out there that aren't like this, but I always worked with people that dismissed me all the time. (laughs) I always worked with a lot of, I'm sorry to say it, but they were kind of chauvinistic. You be quiet there, young little miss. And I, no, 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 no. I just, big screaming no. And right away, that fire in my belly pops up. Like, okay, we're not going to sit here crying in our Cheerios. We're going to make a plan and we're going to refocus. Yeah. And that's, what about you? Oh, I'm at a whole (laughs) different place than you are. Yes, uh, but I agree with that, you know, 
pick yourself up and let's go. Like, no, me sitting here feeling sad about it is not going to help anything. When I feel uninspired, I do exactly what I said in that I go out, I walk away. There are days when it's 1 o'clock and I do walk away for the day, and I know I just have to start earlier tomorrow and work later, and sometimes that is the best answer for me. However, I do continue that worst-case scenario on, and I am considering transitioning out of how do you say out of out of work? Not out of work. I'm not going to retire, but out of working for myself. So I would say I'm probably, you're still sort of on the entrepreneurial path, right? You may pivot here and there where I'm sort of taking this branch that I would love it if I could do this mishmash and get a part-time corporate job and still work my business. But right now I'm at the point where my resume is prepared. I'm sending it out and I am... Maybe I'm daydreaming about corporate America and making it better than I remember it to be. But working in design, I am hopeful there's a creative job out there that I will get. So, like, my when you think of when you sort of said, like, what's your end game? Where are you going with this? Like, my hope is, like, by the end of the summer that I have created enough solidarity in this transition that I am stepping on a new platform, whether that looks like so very Stacy part-time, corporate part-time, whether that looks like Starbucks part-time and so very Stacy, just something. I am a social person. I love meeting with people and I miss that. I also miss the regularity of a paycheck. I also miss just working in an environment with people Um, sort of towards the same goal, like on a team. And I have a virtual team and I love them all very much, but we're always shoulders up on Skype, right? Like that's a different thing. And I've been very thankful for this season. But for me, I'm thinking that can I do entrepreneurship for the next 30 years of my life? I think the answer is no. It makes me sad. And everything you see, it makes you feel like, am I failing? That's a hard thing, but that's a social media thing that I think no matter what you're doing, whether you're doing weight loss or you're trying to do like fashion or you're trying to write a book, there's always someone out there who their beacon seems to be very loud and you're going to, you're going to hear it. You're going to be affected by it. And it's how you deal with that, which is another topic for another show. But transitioning is difficult when you compare yourself with other people as well. So in me working on this transition, and feeling it out and finding what's right, it's been difficult because it's, why can't I get those caviar clients? Why can't I get that one lucky break that makes me just fall in love with it? I'm very proud that I'm here, that I've had this experience, but I don't think it's forever. So that's where I'm at right now. And um, we can discuss that a little bit more in a next in our next episode we can even call this absolutely absolutely i think the takeaway for this very much is on the days when you wake up if it's several days in a row if it's days that turn into weeks that turn into months maybe not all in a row but like oh my goodness is this feeling ever going to shake right i think that the takeaway very much is and we are the best examples of this it's what's good for you sitting down and asking yourself some of those questions of do i see myself doing this work in a year, in two, ten, whatever, and charting out what you need for yourself. Like when you talked about uh, saying, you know, all the things you kind of liked about corporate, it's because the thing that the word that came to my mind is the word safety. 
ironically enough, in, in um, Leaders Eat Last, they talk about this. Employees that feel safe, people that feel safe. So it's anybody who feels safe in their work is going to do better work. Yeah. <laughs> and so that, and I'm going to challenge us as entrepreneurs, are we allowing ourselves to feel safe in our work? And are we also allowing the people that work with us to feel safe? You know, it's a catch-22. I feel like we have to give to get sometimes. So when it comes to waking up and, again, not loving your work, sit down, chart out, plot out what you need to have to feel happy, and then chart out what it looks like now. And if you can't see a clear path of how you can transition into that, then maybe you do need to look at other options. And maybe those options are that you – migrate from full-time to part-time entrepreneurship, find yourself another job part-time. Like maybe that's what you're call- And that's completely fine. Hello. And maybe but- those options are just being more brazen and going to yoga at 10 o'clock in the morning and taking maybe. the middle of your day off. Or maybe it's, you know, working a different, maybe you're a super morning person and you want to spend your time outside. So maybe it's changing your work hours and you're not doing a nine to five, you're doing 12 to eight or you're Absolutely. vice versa doing like six to two. Like, I think there's not many different steps between where Lisa is and where I am, and you just need to find what works for you. So feeling that, creating that safety, and also I invite you to feel brazen, like get bold, because entrepreneurship is not for the meek. Remember that we are entrepreneurs, which means we are nonconformists, we are non-traditionalists, and our methods can be such. So I want you to share your stories and experiences in uh, our comments below. Of course, if you're on um, iTunes, we'd love for you to, you know, drop us a little review. Don't forget to subscribe. And also, uh, we'd love to hear from you in our Facebook group. So go to thefreshtakepodcast.com, click on subscribe, and get get in there. Get in there. Mix it up. Come chat with us. <laughs> and next time, uh, we're going to chat some more about how to make those transitions, exactly how our process is for that. And until then, we hope you have a fantastic day. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Fresh Take Podcast, small biz talk for big action takers. Be sure to join in the Fresh Take community by visiting thefreshtakepodcast.com. Join the conversation in our Facebook group, Add your comments on our episodes and grab resources mentioned during the show.